Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Want to welcome those who are joining us online. We're glad you're there and pray the Lord bless you very greatly in the place where you are as He blesses us here. Amen. Because we're one body and wherever we are, the Lord is. And I remember uh, somebody asked, uh, I think it was Spurgeon, what happens when we die? Where do we go? He says, well, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he says, and the Lord said that he was with us always. And so he said, whatever happens, they're close, we're close. <laughs> and the Lord is closer still. So praise God. Well, I have a hope. I have a future. My eyes are open. Amen. Turn with me real quickly this morning to Isaiah 60. I want to read a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament and reflect on a couple of from the New Testament that add more to what Isaiah is saying here in the first three chapters of Isaiah 60. And I would encourage you, if you haven't made a plan already, to make a plan this year to read the Bible through. Amen. There are many... Uh, programs out there that different ones that put together for reading the Bible through. You can read it chronologically. You can read it page to page, uh, however you do it. But uh, I just want to encourage you to, to really determine in your heart uh, to come up with a plan to read the Word of God this year and to study it and seek it as, as much or more than you ever have before. Amen. His word is a light, and it's a lamp to us. Amen. It gives us direction for our lives, but it gives us a revelation of Jesus. And I can't tell you how powerful and important that is. Amen. But uh, reading from Isaiah this morning, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. The placement of this passage of Scripture is so interesting because the Lord spoke this through his prophet Isaiah at one of the darkest moments in the life of Israel. There was darkness all around them. There were so many things that had gone wrong and were going wrong. But then the Lord's word came and spoke to them and said, that's not your destiny. That's not your destiny. Because your destiny is different than that. Their destiny is darkness, but your destiny is light. Their destiny is shame because they've covered themselves with darkness. But your destiny is the glory of the Lord which will rise upon you. And then Isaiah goes on to prophesy throughout the 60th chapter of all of the things that God is going to do for the nation Israel. 
And you may not think this passage of Scripture has much to do with today, but I can tell you that this very moment, these Scriptures are being fulfilled in Israel. Because all of the restoration, all of the renewing, all of the promise and the prophecy of the Lord is being fulfilled in Israel right now. Israel, which was a small, tiny nation, just cramming and scraping to keep itself alive. Amen. God has changed all that to fulfill the word that he gave to Isaiah more than 2,500 years ago. Amen. Way, way back when. But all of that's coming true today. Amen. Before the war, there were like 400,000 Jews in Israel. Today, there's 7 million. At one time, uh, the, the, the gross, whatever they were called, GDP, whatever, uh, or, you know, per person uh, production for in, in Israel was one of the smallest among the nations of the earth. But now it's among the top ten of the nations of the earth. There are over a thousand young companies that are, have incredible technology that are discovering all kinds of inventions and innovations that are challenging the world. And today the eyes of the world are turning to Israel because they see the beauty of the Lord. They see the glory of the Lord. They see that God is doing something in that nation. And many nations that abhorred Israel and hated Israel are now coming to Israel and say, we see God's blessing upon you. And they, don't, they want to be aligned with the nation of Israel. And many of their former enemies have now come to them and say, we recognize God's purpose and God's destiny in you. And we want to be, we want to have what you, that blessing that is upon you. We want it. They may not recognize the Lord yet, but hey, it's not over till it's over. Amen. Says the nations will come to their glory. And I'm sharing this this morning because this is the dichotomy they lived in. It's the dichotomy we live in. We live in a day, as Pastor Jonathan was saying, where there's a lot of darkness, where there's a lot of confusion, where our nation is divided, it's polarized, there's all kinds of things that are going on, and if you listen to them long enough, and so, whatever, you will get depressed. May I recommend you may not want to watch cable news 24 hours a day. There's good news in a different channel that you may want to tune into. You may want to start listening to the light and not watching the darkness. Amen. There's a lot of uh, times that people come up to me and they share things they're worried about and conspiracies. Pastor, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And I just switched channels because I'm not going to walk in darkness, not mine or theirs. Because God's called me to the light. And, and I don't want to walk in the darkness. I want to walk in the light. I don't want things to be afraid of. I want to be things to be glad for and rejoice in. Because we have a different destiny. Amen? We have a hope. We have a future. Our eyes are open. That's what we were singing. Amen. The Lord wants our eyes to be open to what he's doing. Ignore what the devil's doing. He's doing all kinds of things. But don't pay attention to what the devil is doing. 
I believe God has a much better plan. And I need we, I mean, we can look over here and see all the darkness, or we can look over there to where the Lord's moving and see the light. We can come into the presence of the Lord and see the light and the glory of the Lord will rise upon us. In a little bit, I'm going to read a parallel passage from the New Testament that says of us what he said of Israel in the Old Testament. We have a future. We have a destiny. And God says the light is going to rise upon us. Amen? Amen. So I want to focus on that this morning because we have a different prophetic promise than the world around us. Amen? We have a different destiny because we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you become a believer, you become a new person, and a new person needs to have a new vision, need new attitudes towards the world around us. I want to share with you for a moment this morning the power of this light, the power of this light that God's rising upon us. David gives testimony of the light in Psalm 27. This is one of my favorite psalms. Where he says in Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Woo! What a testimony. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, I love when Pastor John Branson gives his testimony of how God brought him out of the life that he was in before he knew the Lord. And, and you know, I don't share some of the details of my testimony very often. But, you know, because I, I, I sometimes go, Lord, what, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to testify of? And what I want you to testify to you this morning is I was at one time a very, very fearful person. I, I mean, I was practically afraid of my own shadow. You say, boo, and I'd jump six feet high. I, I had a lot of fear in my life. And not only that, I had a lot of worry. And you can, if you want testimony of this, you can ask my wife and maybe my son Jonathan if he remembers back when I was a worrier. But I worried a lot. But one day as I was listening to a message, the preacher said, to worry is a sin. And I thought to myself, if worry is a sin, I can repent. And I repented right then and there of worry. And I don't worry. Do you think David was worried? No. David was not worried. The Lord was his light. And his salvation. Was David afraid? No, he was not afraid. Of whom then shall I be afraid? The Lord is my strength and my refuge. Whom shall I fear? And I can testify to you today, I have no worries 
and I have no fears because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. That's why I refuse to be afraid. And I refuse to listen to a spirit of fear because my spirit doesn't have fear. And my spirit doesn't agree with that spirit. So I'm going to choose the Lord has given me light. I'm going to walk in that light. And I'm not going to the darkness that I came out of because to me that's history. I have a hope. I have a future. My eyes are open. I see the light of the Lord. I see the glory of the Lord. And I'm going to live in that light. And I'm going to live in that glory. I want to talk to you for just a moment about the nature of this light. This is from 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. I am going to walk in the light because I like having fellowship with you and I like the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all unrighteousness amen God not only takes away fear he not only takes away worry he takes away unrighteousness I remember times when you know my mind was controlled with a spirit that was not clean but one day in a prayer meeting, some brothers prayed for me and set me free. And that unclean spirit left 40 years ago, and it's never come back. The unrighteousness had to go out the door when Jesus came in. The light and the darkness cannot dwell in the same place. But there's, there's a way to walk in the light so that the light of the Lord delivers us and cleanses us from all sin. From all sin. We, we put sins in categories, don't we? Big ones, small ones, and yours and mine, theirs and ours. But there's just sin. Sin is just man doing what he wants apart from God walking in the darkness. But there's light. And in that light, if we walk in that light, the blood of Jesus can cleanse us. There's hope this morning. We were singing of hope. There's hope this morning that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, it's real, folks, and it's powerful. There's another part of the nature of this life. It's found in the next chapter, chapter 2 of 1 John, verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write to you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Woo. 
And he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. Wow. He who hates his brother is in darkness even now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no, there is no cause of stumbling in him. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I have a future. My eyes are open. I don't have to hate anyone. I don't have to hate anyone because in Jesus Christ and in his light, there is the power to love one another as, as. First John 4 says, love one another as he has loved you. Woo. That's a lot, folks. That's a lot. That's perfect love. Love one another as he has loved you. Wow. But when we love like that, we're walking in the light. When we're looking for the hope, when we're looking for the life that is in our brother, we are walking in love and we're walking in light. And there can nothing cause us to stumble. Right? I don't know if you've ever gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Some of us older folks have experience with that and sometimes we're not wise enough to pick up the uh, phone or turn on the light. I don't want to disturb my wife and I walk in darkness and bump into something that I didn't know was there. But when you walk in the light, there is no occasion of stumbling. You know, my right eye is still a little blurry, but I'm thankful because now I can close my left eye and still see where to walk. It's kind of blurry, but I can walk through the house and not bump into anything. But two eyes are better than one. But you, you know, there's that promise there that if you love your brethren, there will be no occasionally, no occasion to stumble. That's one of the great benefits. I mean, sometimes you read the Bible and it goes, does it really say that? Yes, it does. And I believe it means what it says. And don't take away from it. Don't, don't try to interpret it in a, such a way as maybe, maybe that's not what they meant. Maybe this is what they meant. Well, that word in the Greek says this. It means that. No, it means what it says. And we're better off if we take it for what it says. That those who love their brethren will walk in the light and there will be no occasion for stumbling. I want to talk about the destiny that we have because of this light, the purpose of it. Find this in Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. You were once darkness. That's true of all of us. There was a day we were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, 
For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are ex which are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, this is the New Testament version, Awake thou, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. He will give you light. See, then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. But we don't have to focus on that. We can redeem the time. We can do something that will make a difference. We can walk in the light. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. It just makes it very clear. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Amen. You are light. What is that character, Gabe, in the cartoons? It's, it's light. What? Buzz, Buzz Lightyear? I'm talking to you about Jesus, light years, including 2023. Okay. Walk in the light. Walk with wisdom. Walk with understanding. Realizing the days are evil, but because the days are evil, we do not have to agree with them. We're going to walk in the light even when there's all this darkness around us. Amen? And so I believe that's the calling of the Lord. Now, I want to make the will of God as simple as I can this morning. What is the difference between light and dark? The Bible always makes it simple. In the book of Malachi, at the end of the Old Testament, it says this. Love justice, do mercy, and walk humbly before your God. That's what it means to walk in the light. Love justice, do mercy, walk humbly before your God. But the Lord paints real clear pictures of the do's and the don'ts, of the is and the ain'ts, if I can say it that way. Because in Galatians, he tells us exactly what darkness is. In case you need a definition, I'll tell you. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I told you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Now that's a pretty dark list. That's a pretty dark list. That was where we were, but that's not where we are in Jesus Christ. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Did any of you get a ticket for being too kind this week? I doubt it. Because there's no law against being kind. There's no law against being gentle. There's no law against being, you know, understanding. There's no law against those things. Those are the things that are light. And to walk in the light is to walk in the spirit and to walk and to live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what God's calling us. This is why he's saying to us, arise, shine, for your light has come. That's why he says, arise, awake, you who are asleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Man, a lot of us try to get rid of the darkness. We spend all of our time trying to get rid of the darkness. You don't have to sweep the darkness out of the door. All you have to do is turn, out the light, turn on the light. And the darkness is gone. The darkness is gone because our God is light. And we worship him in his light. We walk in his light. And not only do we walk in his light, but we will walk in his glory and we will be his glory. Yes. We will. That's our destiny. I want to take you back for a moment to the Old Testament tabernacle. And if we could walk into the tabernacle of Moses this morning, we would come through the gate with thanksgiving and, and with praise. And then we would come into the court. We'd come into the outer court. And we would walk by a brazen altar where sacrifices were being made for atonement. And so I, I just want you to know that as we walk in the tabernacle of the Lord, the first thing we walk by is the altar where Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that ended all sacrifices once and for all. So there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin because Jesus has taken our sin. He's provided us complete and perfect atonement and forgiveness and mercy. Amen. But we walk past that altar because we remember his sacrifice. Then we walk by a laver, and the laver was a place where the priests would go, and they would look at the brass mirrors that were on the side of that laver, and there were little faucets there, and they would wash their hands, their face, and their arms, and they would wash away the dirt and the dust and the smoke from attending the altars of the Lord. And there would be a cleansing, there would be a washing of the water at the laver. And you and I can go to that labor because the, we just read that verse that says our labor is full of the blood of Jesus. When we walk in the light, amen, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and from all unrighteousness. Amen. So we walk by these things that speak to us of the power of the blood. 
and they speak to us of the power of our God. But then as we step into the holy place, as we step into the holy place, suddenly we're flooded with light. We're flooded with light because on the left, there is this incredible golden candlestick with six branches and a branch in the middle. And on that candlestick made of one piece of gold, there are seven lampstands that are lit and burning brightly all the time. So as you step into the holy place, you're flooded with the light that's coming from the candlestick. And if you look at that candlestick closely, you'll see that Moses made it according to the pattern that God showed him on the mountain. And the Lord told him, put the almond with its bud, with its blossom, and with its fruit. Put it three, three times each, three of three, on each one of the branches. Put the almond with its bud, with its blossom, and its fruit four times on the center candlestick. Add it up, folks. Nine times six is 54. 12 times 3 is, or 4 times 3 is, I did it backwards, sorry. New math. 12. Still 12. 4 times 3 is still 12. That's the good news this morning. But if you add that 12 to that 54, what do you get? How many books are in the Bible? Imagine that. God showed that to Moses before the first and second books were written. But when you step into the holy place, there's this incredible light that shines from God's word. And that light from the lampstand goes across the holy place and it falls on a table where there are 12 different loaves of bread, one for each one of the tribes. And so the light of that lampstand falls on that table and that's where the fellowship is. That's where the communion is. It's on that table. And even in the Old Testament, those loaves had stripes and they had holes that spoke to us of his wounds and of his stripes. But that light shone on those loaves continually, bringing light and bringing fellowship. But then, that's not all. You're already in a marvelous light. But then you step up to the altar of incense, which is a place of worship. And it's a place of intercession. And the altar of incense was right near the curtain that led into the Holy of Holies. Now, the interesting thing is when you research the Old Testament is sometimes the altar of incense was on one side of the curtain when the holy place, and sometimes it was on the inside of the curtain in the holy of holies. And I believe when we're walking in the light and we go to that place of worship 
and we go to that place of prayer, God takes us from the holy place to the holy of holies. And the brightest light of all is the light of his presence that shines between the wings of the cherubim in the holy of holies. God's called us into his light, into his glorious light, that we might walk in the light and that the glory of the Lord might be rise upon us and that is not just a spiritual thing. That is a very practical thing. Jesus makes it practical. He said, do not put your light. Do not put your light on a bush, under a bushel. Don't hide your light. But put your light up on a table where that light can be seen, where people can see the working of the Lord in your life and see you working for the Lord in your life and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Because this is a very practical thing. Sometimes we pray about the glory, and I don't worry if we're going a little too spiritual. It's okay to be spiritual, but you've got to come out practical. It's not how high you jump. I mean, how jump as high as you can. But when you hit the ground, walk straight into the light. And stay there. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. There's just nothing there that's any fun, folks. It may sound like fun, but it's not. There are a bunch of people stayed up late last night partying. And some of them still haven't managed to rise from the dead this morning. And they've got this hangover. They're going to be drinking tomato juice with Tabasco sauce and peppers in it and trying to get rid of a head hangover. I don't think their parties sound like much fun myself. But we have the fellowship of the Lord. We get to walk in his light. We have a different destiny, folks. God's called us to walk in the light. Amen. Pastor Jonathan was saying this morning, you know, to lay down our cares, lay down our concerns. And I'm calling you to lay them down and turn on the light. Turn on the light. Let the light of Jesus Christ just shine in your life. Because it's his light. It's his light. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. It's his light. He was there at the dawn of creation. When it says, let there be light, there was light. That was before the sun, the moon, the stars at night. There was a light named Jesus that spread and shed the darkness over the face of the waters and scattered it away. And then we see that light in the last chapter of Genesis, or Revelation where it says, in the city of God, there's no need for the sun or the moon and the stars because there's no night there, and the sun is the light. Our destiny is to walk in the light. Our destiny is to live in a city one day that is light, that is transparent, that that light will shine through the walls, that light will reflect off the streets, that light will go forth. 
to the glory of God forever and ever and ever, and there will be no end. But we're called to the light. We are children of the light. We were children of the darkness, but as Pastor Jonathan was saying, forget the past. Your past has nothing to do with your present. We were the children of darkness, but now, but now, but now. You say, but Pastor John, you don't know. You don't know. I don't need to know, and I don't want to know. I want you to know the light of Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear about your terrible sins. I just got rid of my own, about forgot them. I don't want a memory lesson on that stuff. I want to be reminded that I'm called to be a child of light and to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so are you. And as we go into this new year, the Lord wants us to be, know who we are. I have a future. My eyes are open. You have a future. Your eyes are open to what the Lord has for you this morning. Amen. What he did for Israel, he'll do for us. Amen. There's a glorious, we have, oh my. Oh my. What glory lies before the children of God? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it's not entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yes. We are children of the light. Amen. Stand with me this morning.